Everybody loves a good reboot. I'm particularly thinking of Batman. If you, like me, grew up in the 80s in Ireland, watching, was it Saturday mornings? The old uh, Batman TV show, which was super cheesy and corny. And I love referencing it, but... But then there was reboots. <laughs> and there's been many, many reboot, reboots, right? And some of them were amazing. So we love a good reboot. And God is no stranger to a good reboot. Originally, obviously, he had in his mind the plan, the plan of creation, salvation, the whole thing. And uh, Adam and Eve, of course, first up on stage, first members of the cast, up they get. And Eve in particular, she has this crucial moment of temptation. Now, there's questions, of course, of like, where was, what was Adam doing? And some theologians say he was standing right beside her, keeping his cowardly mouth shut. But Eve didn't fare too well, did she? And she <laughs> seriously, seriously messed up. So I kind of compare that. <laughs> Pardon me. I compare this to the Batman TV series. It's just like, ooh, <laughs> disaster. Total, total appalling disaster. And all of us experience the consequences of her mess up and Adam's mess up because both of them were responsible. But God did a reboot. And I am going to, this is all going to make sense and connect up to the Immaculate Conception. So just stay with me, folks, okay? Mary was called by many of the early church theologians, the church fathers, she was called the new Eve. She is the reboot of the first Eve. She is God's do-over. And what we believe is, and what the church teaches, and, and has, uh, has certainly held from the time of, of the, uh, the church fathers, and many of them held this to be true, that she was conceived immaculately. She was conceived free of sin. So just like Eve, she is a new Eve uh, in many, many ways, but especially in this way that she, like Eve, was free from sin. Not just personal sin, because every baby is conceived free of personal sin. They're not like, you know, selling drugs or something in their, in their mother's womb. Like they're just there, beautiful, perfect. But there is something that is not perfect, which is what they have inherited from that first Eve and first Adam, which is called original sin. Now, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of uh, original sin, but it is almost like a, a, a spiritual contagion which is passed on to each of us. And it's the thing that leads us to sin. It's almost like a, 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 like our whole race, all of humanity has this guilt, which is original sin. Now that can sound like terror. You can't say that about a baby, but that doesn't mean it's not true. And this is part of why Jesus came to save us. Adam and Eve were free of it and all of its consequences. And so was Mary so that she could be on the same footing. So when she was asked, to participate and say yes to the salvation of the whole world. She wasn't just asked, will you be a mum? It was to be the mother of the Redeemer. Therefore, God was asking her permission to save the world. Now, Mary was a teenager, maybe like 15. A 15-year-old girl. God asks her permission to save the world. <laughs> My team to rescue the world, my first choice probably wouldn't be a 15-year-old girl. No offense to 15-year-old girls, but I'd be picking maybe a different team, putting a different team together. But God's wisdom is very, very different from ours. And he actually asked her permission. She could have said no. Just as you are invited into relationship with God and you could say no, so too Mary could have said no. But by the grace of God, she said yes. And to give her all of the help possible, because this was a pretty, that was a pretty important invitation, request, and 
acceptance God by his own divine decree, just as he created Adam and Eve free from sin. So too God, just as he created Adam and Eve free from sin, he can act outside of the normal course of nature when he wants to. And in this case, he did. And he sovereignly acted in the conception of Mary to make her free of sin, free of original sin specifically. So this special grace came entirely, the church teaches, through the merits of Jesus on the cross. God is not limited by time. His grace is not limited by time. It's like, oh, the conception of Mary was before the crucifixion. You can't go back in time. Well, God exists outside of time, so he can do whatever he likes with time. And the grace of the crucifixion was the grace that was applied to Mary at the moment of her conception. So she was not only free from sin, from original sin, but then the church teaches that she remained free from all personal sin for her entire life. She is the pure one, the pure dove. She is the perfect, immaculate one. And many of the, the verses in the Song of Songs are applied to her because they've just got these beautiful expressions of, of just this purity and perfection, which Mary is. Venerable Fulton Sheen, uh, the great teacher uh, from the 20th century, he put it really, really simply. He said, if you could create your own mother, how perfectly would you create her? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's it, basically. In a nutshell, God could do it. He wanted to do it. So he did it. Now, there's been theologians have disagreed with this and maybe you're like, well, I don't really get this. So what, what does this mean for you and me? How can this help us in our walk with Jesus and our walk with Mary, our mother? So have you ever felt that Mary's a bit too perfect to, you know, oh, I couldn't like share my heart with her or I couldn't like ask her prayers because she's just like so perfect and I'm just so not perfect. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but there can feel like there's a gulf or a gap. If you really think about it though, and, and um, big shout out to Father Isaac, this is his uh, insight, one of, one of my brothers. The thing that actually creates a gap or a gulf between us and God or between us and the saints, between us and Our Lady is actually sin. It's not purity or sinlessness. So the fact that Mary is without sin actually reduces the gap. It's just our, our funny thinking that thinks that there's a bigger gap. doesn't mean she gets up on a higher box to, to judge us. It's like Mary is, she is not here to judge at all. She's here to love and as a servant of God, she's here to pray for you and to accompany you into the kingdom of her beloved son. Because you too are a son or a daughter of hers and she loves you and she sees her son Jesus in you and she wants to see her son Jesus flourish and grow in you more and more. So because of her immaculate conception, it means she can actually come so much closer to you and she's not shocked or <gasps> she can handle your sin and your frailty and your need. She is a really, really strong mother, a really loving mother, and there's no judgment in her at all. She is all acceptance for you, and she would love to help you. So let's ask Our Lady as we come up to the, the feast, the great solemnity of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th. Let's ask her help and her prayers, because after Jesus, there's no one whose, whose prayers are more effective for us, and there's no one whose involvement in our spiritual life is more fruitful than Our Lady's. O Mary, conceived without sin, Pray for us who have recourse to thee. God bless you.